Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. This is the message that I had weeks ago when we kind of had that Holy Ghost believers kind of meeting on that Wednesday night, and God hasn't let me do this till today. So I thought about it, you know, and I went, oh, this kind of, this kind of will dovetail into where Deborah was last Wednesday night. So we're going to go over here, go with me to Deuteronomy, 30th chapter, hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to go to verse 15, hallelujah. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. It says, See, I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil. Go down to verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set life, set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. So tonight we're going to be talking about choosing life or death. Joshua 24, 15, you're close by. Joshua 24, verse 15. <coughs> Hallelujah. Joshua says, choose you this day, who you will serve. You know, I've always said, you know, in this era of of pro-choice, that God is the original pro-choice. He has given us the ability, the power, and the right to choose for ourselves. He's never going to um, circumvent your choice. Whatever choices you make, he will let you make them. You know, there's a lot of times we, we go around and we see people and we see their lives and we just kind of wonder, how did they get like this? I'm thinking of somebody in particular and their life is a ruin. They're in their late 60s and their life is nothing but a ruin. And somebody said, how did it get like that? They were raised in a Christian home. And I, I keep saying, you know, when this subject comes up, I keep saying, it's a life that was a series of wrong choices. Wrong choices. You had two people in this family, two children in this family, and one, though they made many mistakes, they made many right choices, and God corrected the, the mistakes that they had made over the course of time. And the other one just made one wrong choice after another. And so their lives, you've got one person today who's living a blessed life and one person over here who's living a miserable life. And it's all because of the choices they made. And, you know, and I think the thing that I want to get across to you is that every choice that you and I make is either life or it's death. We think that sometimes the choices we make are just so trivial they're so minor, they're so insignificant, but that's just not true. A series of small choices adds up to a big mistake. Yeah. 
just a little choice that's wrong, just a little choice here and there, and it adds up to something that changes the course of your life. At some point, can God take that and he, can he reverse that? Yes, he can. But you have to recognize that and understand that, that you've made wrong choices. And so many times the people who keep making the wrong choices never take responsibility and say, I chose this. The way my life is today is a result of the choices I made. And yet, because we live in a society where everything is everybody else's fault, and I deserve this. You can't, you can't listen to a commercial for a car insurance without hearing, you deserve this. No, you don't. You deserve what you pay for when it comes to insurance. You deserve what you pay for when it comes to a lot of things. Nobody owes you anything. And it's a matter of what choices in life that we make as to where we wind up, whether we're blessed or whether we're not blessed, whether we're enjoying life or whether we're miserable. You know, and the, and the place to start so many times is the fact that I made that choice. Well, so-and-so made me make that choice. So-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that. And Well, I got caught up in this, and I didn't have any choice. Yeah, you always have a choice. Listen, you always have a choice. Always. And so we need to understand that. There are four areas that I, that I think we need to look at where there are choices to be made all the time. Number one is obvious is our actions. Number two is our thoughts. Number three is our attitudes. And number four is our speech. There, those four areas of our life is where we make constant choices. You know... It says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There are so many times in, in, in life where the enemy just, I mean, he's just on the attack. He's going to see what you're made of. But then there are times when we have cooperated with him by the choices we've made and have allowed him to be the one to steal, kill, and to destroy the things in our lives that we really, really would like to have. And, you know, if, if you, you look at Isaiah and it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, don't help him form the weapon for Pete's sake. You know, sometimes we, we get in there and we forge the fire for him. You know, and I just go, you know, you know, I, I, look, at, I look at over, you know, because we've, we've done this for so, so long, you see sometimes the road people are going down and you're thinking you're setting yourself up for disaster because of this series of this wrong choices that you're making. And let me tell you, every choice you make has an aspect of life or has an aspect of death to it. I think it's Deuteronomy. Was that, was that Deuteronomy we were in? Um, in, in verse 15, it said, I've set before you this day life and good or death and evil. Death equals evil. Life equals good. If there's something not good going on in your life, it ain't God. And it's not God's plan. It's not part of God's plan for your life. But it, it goes, it says, I've set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Choose life. Isn't that nice? He tells us it's up to us to choose. And he goes, by the way, choose life. Choose life. 
choose life because you and I have a free will in everything we say, everything we do, everything we think, all of our attitudes. We have a choice to entertain life or to entertain death. Everything. You know, you go back and you look at, through the Bible and you look at different people in, that we, we can read about. Moses made a bad choice. When he struck the rock instead of speaking to it, he made a bad choice. It cost him. It wasn't something good it cost him. It was something evil that cost him. It cost him his life. He did not get to go, go into the promised land. All he could do was look over into it from the mountain. That's all he could do. But what was that? That was disobedience and impatience with the people. He was disobedient to God, and he had an attitude where the people were concerned. Now, let's granted, when you've got six million people and all they know how to do is complain, it's kind of hard not to have a, get an attitude. <coughs> you know, somebody said, that's what was wrong with Moses. You know, he, he went up on the, on the mountain and got two tablets, but he didn't take them. So, <laughs> you know, but you know, they're God's people. And, you know, you just you do what God tells you to do and let the, let the chips fall where they may, so to speak. But he made a bad choice. It cost him. Then you go down to Lot. Lot made a bad choice. He got into strife with Abraham, let his household get into strife with Abraham's household. His servants get into strife with Abraham's people, and he didn't do anything about it. And then when Abraham came to him and said, listen, let's part ways. You take your people and you go that way. Just whichever, whichever place you want to go, it's fine. We'll, we'll take a different direction. No problem. And he chose Sodom and Gomorrah. He chose Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at Psalm 1-1. This is just such a picture of Lot. This, verse 1, this is a picture of Lot. Now, we're talking about blessed is the man who walks not, but this is what Lot did walk in. Uh, Psalm 1, 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Those were three things that Lot did. When Lot got to Sodom and Gomorrah, he, he was more interested in prestige, in influence, everybody else's respect, everybody else, what everybody else thought of him. I mean, when the angels came, he's the one who tried to, to, to tell people, oh, don't, don't, don't do this, don't do this. Don't. But he had made his bed already. And when he left that place, he lost everything. You know, if you go back into Genesis, the herds of Abraham and of Lot were vast. Their households of servants and family it was vast. So he takes his whole household, everything he has, and he goes to Sodom and Gomorrah. What did he leave with? Nothing but his two daughters. Nothing. He lost it all because of a bad choice. David, ah, oh, the man after God's own heart. David, where Bathsheba was concerned. I mean, you know, we all make mistakes. This was a huge one. His flesh, his, the lust of his flesh cost him the life of a child. It cost him in a lot of ways. You know, we don't have to do that. Samson made bad choices. He hung out with the wrong people. His eyes got on 
women he shouldn't have been hanging around with. His eyes got on, you know, it was all flesh. All flesh. And it cost him. Did God turn it around at the very, very end? Yes, he did. But look what it cost him. He didn't, he didn't have to die that day. You know, but the, the decision he made was, was that decision. Judas made a bad choice in the New Testament. His love of money cost him. Cost him. He's forever known as the, as the disciple who betrayed Jesus. How would you like to go down in history as the man who betrayed Jesus? All because of a bad choice. Now we talk about Barnabas. You think, well, Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas, oh, yeah, they went all over. They did. But if you go back over to Acts, I think, it's, uh, I think it was Acts 15, he got into a tiff with Paul. Now Paul, of the two, was the person in charge. And he made a bad choice. He was determined to, to, to take a John Mark with them. And Paul said, no, he doesn't need to go with us. And the contention between the two of them got so great that Barnabas took John Mark and he went off on a different path, never to be mentioned again in the New Testament. A man who had, who had aligned himself with the apostle Paul can you imagine what he could have experienced had he stayed hooked up with Paul? And yet, because of his selfishness, because of his unwillingness to submit to Paul and the direction that Paul had about whether this man was supposed to go with them or not, it cost him never to be heard of again. I'm not saying that he didn't do something for God. I don't know. That, but I'm just telling you, God had him, had him listed talked about in the book of Acts, and yet after that we never see his name again. These are the kind of things that are going to make it hard. You know, if we do the same thing. You know, my, my uh, people have said over the years, well, experience is the best teacher. Eh, not always. Not always. Some people can experience some things, and it's kind of like going around the mulberry bush. The person I talked about a few minutes ago, constantly making the, the, the wrong, wrong choices. The problem is some people make a, are constantly making the same wrong choice. You know, it's like just going around in circles all the time. You know, and, you know, I, I know my father, you know, we got married. We got married so young, and uh, he just backed off, and he said, well, he said, uh, I didn't want anybody telling me what to do when I got married, and so I'm not going to tell you what to do. You'll just have to learn it on your own. If that means learning it the hard way, then so be it. I'm going, great. You know? At the time, I was stupid, thinking, oh, we've got this. We've got this. What does a 16-year-old know about what they got? <laughs> I, I, ha I have to honestly think, this, this is my only personal opinion, that a 16-year-old in 1969 and 70 did have a little bit more maturity on them than some 16-year-olds today. But then again, probably that's not true. Kind of depending on where you came from, you know. But, you know, it's not always the best teacher. You know, when you're young, y'all think you know a lot. And you do. You guys over in this section know so much more than some of us in this section do about some things. But there's some people in this section that know a whole lot more about life than some of you know about life. And if you'll listen, you know, God will put you in places. 
He'll put you in a church. He'll, he'll put you with friends. He'll put you with, with people who are older, not necessarily parents, not necessarily family, people who are older who can be mentors in life that can help you make right decisions. And, and don't, don't pass that off as insignificant when God brings somebody into your life. If you're an older person, and I'm talking about, you know, you're 30 and up or whatever, uh, and God puts somebody who's younger on your heart, pray for them. Develop a relationship with them. Be there in case they need you. They just need a listening ear sometimes. They need somebody as a sounding board sometimes. They need somebody to kind of jerk the slack out of them sometimes. You know, we all need that from time to time. Make the right choice to keep those kind of people in your life and keep them close at hand. You know, there is a, over in James 1.1, it says, sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And that's what, that's what the devil would really like is for when you, when you make a wrong choice, he's just putting death in your life. That's what he's bringing. He's, 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 he's crucifying, he's, he, is, he is dealing a death blow to so many things in your life. And he does that when he gets you to make a wrong choice. You know, Flip Wilson, I've said this before, Flip Wilson was a comedian back in the 60s and he had a comedy show and, and uh, back when comedy shows were clean. And, uh, and he had a character on there and she was always going... What was her name? Does anybody remember? Geraldine. Geraldine. And Geraldine was always going, well, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. No, the devil don't make you do it. You decide to do it. He may have influenced you, but the choice was always yours. And you can't blame it on anybody else. You know, there are things in life like, uh, listen to the word. I mean, Actions, I, you know, 2 Corinthians 6, 14, be not unequally yoked. We'll go over there. We're going to read the whole thing. Might as well. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. See, Deborah was talking last week about being pleasing to God. And I think if you put that with this, and you understand that choices, your choices are what make you pleasing to God, and if you understand the... <laughs> the importance of every choice you make, the potential that's in every choice you make for good or for bad, then you, you, know, you live a life that's pleasing to God. It says here in verse 14, uh, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? What communion? Goes in verse 15. What agreement has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? Well, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. You know, you go back through here, you can look. I mean, in the word of God, there are so many opportunities for him to tell us you know, the right things to do, the right things to choose. Proverbs is full of the, it's the book of wisdom. It is so full of, of facts 
about what making right choices will bring to you and what wrong choices will bring to you. You know, you, you have to surround yourself, you know, with, with people who are consistent in making right choices. You're influenced by the people that you hang out with for good or for bad. You can say, well, you know, I'm just going to be a light to these people. I know that they're not saved. I know that they're, they're not doing right. I'm just going to be a light. That rarely works out well. Rarely. It's amazing how much sometimes the light is overcome by the dark. When I was on my way home from Brazil, we left Sao Paulo at 1030 at night. And um, in the southern hemisphere, the, 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 it was light longer. And as we got up in the air, we started, you know, heading back toward the west. Uh, the sun, you know, was very brilliant, and I watched it out the window. I'm a, I'm a tourist on an airplane. I love to look out the window. And, uh, and so, I mean, you know, after a little while, you couldn't see anymore, and, you know, it was just dark. And I began to notice something, that the speed of the airplane didn't keep up with the rotation of the earth. And so it gradually got darker and darker, and the light diminished slowly. It, it went away. When you put yourself in a place where you allow yourself to be surrounded by darkness and you don't maintain the light, you are overcome by the darkness. Just like our plane was overcome by the darkness as we flew. The light was out in front of us, but we, it wasn't to be seen anymore. You know, and what happens when we, we get into a place where we are consistent in making wrong choices is I, I want to say that there's, a, there's an insidious effect of that in that little by little the enemy has chipped away at our ability to make the right choice and our ability to even see what the right choice is until darkness overcomes us and you find yourself in a backslidden state. You know, just, just watching this, I mean, you, know, you get all kinds of illustrations just, you know, on an airplane. You know, but, but the effects of a choice aren't always readily seen. It's not always immediate. Oh, it looks good for a while. It looks real good for a while. Oh, there's a little, oh, this doesn't affect anything. Yeah, it does. You know, I was at home yesterday, and, and um, I don't mind mowing, so I had gotten out and had mowed the back field and, and uh, got covered in dirt. And then I remember he said something about doing some roundup on some weeds in the back of the house and around a tree out front. He said, those weeds out front, you know, uh, they, uh, you know it's pretty, they're pretty tough. I usually spray them several times to get them to, to die. And so I got the Roundup out, and I went out, and I sprayed them. And we just put in just landscaping last week. And, and when they came, they put fertilizer down around all the plants. And it occurs to me that the effects of the Roundup are not readily seen. Roundup equals death. You know, that's, that's my analogy here. Roundup is death. Not readily seen. Fertilizer is, represents the good. Not always readily seen. But given a little bit of time, the fertilizer has its effect, and you can see it. Given a little bit of time, the Roundup has the effect, and you can see it. So a series of, of events in your life may not seem like they're all that significant. 
it's not up to you to decide which ones are significant and which ones aren't. It's up to you to make the right choice. It's up to you to choose life and not choose death. You know, we can do that with, with thoughts. The thing that I'm thinking right now, I mean, this thought comes to mind, you know. Does it line up with the word? Would Jesus be pleased with this kind of a thought? The thing about thoughts is nobody else knows about them. Nobody but God knows what you're thinking. Now, if you live with somebody 50 years, you might know what they're thinking at any given time. You know, but, but for the most part, you know, nobody knows what you're thinking, just you and God. You need to take thoughts that come in, especially things that just have just like suddenly they're there, and, and go, no, no. The, the, that, that goes against everything the Word says. No, that goes, that goes against my inside right here. You know, S Steve and I were talking not too long ago about something in the office, and, and you know, it's, it's funny. Now, I don't think the two of us are, are really different from anybody else sitting in this room. But have you ever been sitting in church? I have. And suddenly, this crazy thought comes into your mind that this is all just a bunch of nonsense. What am I doing here? This is just, just sheep following along some blind path somehow. This is not real. Anybody besides me ever thought that? Oh, come on, raise your hand. Yeah, see, I, didn't, I knew I wasn't the only one. <laughs> and yet you know that because God has been so real in your life so many times that he's done things for you so many times that cannot be explained any other way, that you know that you're blessed and it could only be God, that you know the word has worked for you time and time again, you have to answer that thought and say, no, I don't receive that. I don't believe that. I am not going to accept that. You, you take that stupid thought and you get out of here. There are people who have been born again and spirit-filled and today say they're atheists. Why? A thought came into their head that said this is all a bunch of nonsense. God's not real. Jesus isn't real. This whole thing is just a bunch of hocus-pocus. It's nothing. They entertained that thought instead of dealing. They chose to entertain that thought. They made a choice to let that thought grow in them until they eventually, and you see, it was just one little thought at a time, just one little thing at a time. And, and eventually, their whole mindset is, they're nothing to that. God's not real. No, that, that, that religion is just stupidity. Just one little thought at a time. It's a choice you and I have. Every thought that comes through your head, don't necessarily think it's just, nah, no big deal. There are times you need to speak to it. And you, and you need to answer it with the word. You need to answer it. You know, if you're in the battle, in a battle over something, it could be over your, your health, it could be over, a, over finances, it could be over relationships, it could be over jobs, it could be over all kinds of things. There, the enemy is going to bombard you with death-dealing thoughts, and you have to make the right choice to answer them 
with the word and say, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. That's not what the word says. That's not what, that's not what all my experience with the things of God, that's not what that's taught me. And I know from right down in here on the inside, the witness of the spirit that's on the inside of me says no to that. You have to say no to it. You have to. And attitudes, when attitudes come, hmm, how does it line up with this? I've had my share of attitudes. You know, I have some good days and some bad days. You know, um, you, you got to deal with them. You got to deal with them. You know, uh, who was uh, Miss Joanna accused in my office on, on Monday, and she said, you're just so easy to love. I said, don't, yeah, better remind my husband of that. Because there, so there are some days I'm not so easy to love. <laughs> some days I'm just grumpy. You know, got up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, whatever. You know, but attitudes, listen, you cannot entertain and choose to stay with a bad attitude about how your day is going, about another person, about a situation. You cannot afford to make that choice. You cannot afford to choose to stay with an attitude. It will cost you. Zach's a good, good example of that. I mean, the, the testimony he gave, the time he ministered, you know, he's talking about the fact he had an attitude at work and he wasn't being promoted. And, you know, he, you, I don't think you were enjoying going to work a whole lot, were you? No. When he changed his attitude, he made the choice to change his attitude. Things at work took on a new thing, a new whole atmosphere. As a result, he's gotten promotions, he's gotten raises. Your attitude will cost you. It'll cost you. You're, what you're doing is you're choosing death over life when you don't deal with an attitude. You're choosing death over life. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Yes, it is. Oh, it's not that significant. Yes, it is. Oh, it's not that, that, that big, big uh, an impact. Yes, it is. Every step you take over into the realm of death pulls you out of the life of God. It pulls you out of the blessing that God has waiting for you when the choices have been made that are right. So take a look around every time. Attitudes, 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 attitudes. You know, you don't have to experience death. You can experience life on a wholesale level. But one of the things that will make a big choice is our big choice maker in our lives is the way we talk. And Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. Nobody controls your tongue but you. If you go over to James... It talks about the power of the tongue. This little thing is the power that's like, just like a little rudder to turn entire huge ships. Your tongue and the choice you use on that little thing can make or break your life. It matters what you say. Your words will either agree with God or your words will agree with the devil. Don't talk about what the devil's doing, unless you're speaking the word in response to what he's doing. You know, it's so interesting that you know, sometimes you, you know, you go to somebody and you know they've got something going on in life, and 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 it's, you ask them, you know, how things are going, and and, uh, and they'll tell you all this stuff, 
And he'll say, well, the word says this. Yeah, I know, but. And they, stand, and they start spilling out all this other negative stuff. Then you go to somebody else and go, how's it going? And they'll tell you everything that's going on that's, that's not great. You know, just kind of giving you just a heads up about what's happening. And they'll follow it up, up with, but God said. But the word says. But I believe. Where, where, where are you gonna, what side of the butt are you going to be on? What side of it? You, when people, whatever people end it with, I know that's where they're at. You can, I, I mean, we, we've, had, we've had pastor friends of ours who were in, in health situations, and they were telling us all these things that were going on, and you said, well, thank God for the Word. Thank God that God has healed us. Thank God that we can go to, to this Scripture and this Scripture and this Scripture. And this one particular man had a, had a lung issue going on, and we're saying this to him, thank God he, the Word says this, this. Yeah, but you just don't understand my situation. I'm going... I want to say, did you not go to the same Bible school? Really? What's, what, what's the matter with you? But you, you can always tell where somebody is by what they say. Life creates, death destroys. What are your words creating? What are your words doing? Are they creating or are they destroying? You're choosing one over the other. Um, that verse over in James, well, let's look at it real quick. James chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. James 3. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very little helm, whithersoever the governor lists. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Uh, verse 6, another translation of that says, it is, it is a flame fed from hell. Wasn't that a nice picture? Very descriptive. Another one says it destroys the life-giving flow in you. Mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You know, in the in the verse in Amplified verse eight, it's uh, that it says, "With the tongue, no man can tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison." The Amplified of that version of that verse says, it is an undisciplined, an irreconcilable, restless evil, full of death-bringing evil. Then you drop down to verse 10. It says, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. Out of the same mouth proceeds life and death. It's up to you. It's up to you. Matthew eleven fifteen says, That which comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Matthew twelve, thirty three through thirty four says, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Proverbs six two says you're snared by the words of your mouth. 
Well, let's go to Proverbs. I've got a note in here to read verses 18 and 19 there. Proverbs. Proverbs 6. We see in verse 2, you're snared with the words of your mouth. You're taken with the words of your mouth. Then go down to, let's just go to verse 16. Um, we'll read down through 19. It says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, Feet that are be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren. The vast majority of these, these seven things has to do with the tongue. Take a look at those. See how many of those involve what comes out of a person's mouth. You can choose what comes out of your mouth. Many times I have said something and went, oh, Lord, I wish I had not said that. There's times I, I, I say something and go, I can't believe I just said that. I just can't believe I just said that. We have to retrain ourselves. We have to really become adept at thinking before we speak, judging, weighing what we're about to say against what the Word says, where our motivation's coming from, where our attitude is at, how this is going to affect somebody else. What's, what's it going to sound like to them? Am, am I putting myself in a position where the person who hears it is going to perceive it a different way than I intend, than what I said? Then maybe I should learn to speak it in a different way, to say it in a different way. Matthew 12, verses 36 and 37 talks about every idle word. By every idle word, you'll either be condemned or justified. Proverbs 10, 11 says, The mouth of the righteous man is a well of life. Proverbs 11, 11 says, By the blessing of the upright, the city is, is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Listen, I think that applies to the nation as well. We need to be careful about how we talk about our nation. You know, things may be going down the tubes, looks like, but when any time you say, this is happening, this is happening, but you, we, need, we need to follow that up with, but God says, but the word says, but the righteous are going to be here, and the righteous are praying, and the righteous are lifting up the, or the governments at every level. The righteous are here, that God is going to deal with us, of course, because the righteous are here, the righteous are praying. We need to look at that and, and we and we need to speak those things over our nation hallelujah the devil's doing a good job and the Christians are helping him by all the things that we say that are that are that are death dealing hallelujah um, Proverbs 12 verses 13 14, that says the wicked is dangerously snared by the transgression of his lips but the uncompromisingly righteous 
shall come out of trouble. Ooh. Take a, you, ought, you ought to take a look at that. Some, maybe, maybe put that on your mirror. Make a little sticky note that says that and put that up there. The wicked is dangerously snared by the transgression of his lips, but the uncompromisingly righteous shall come out of trouble. And it goes on, it says, a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. In verse 18 in that same Proverbs, it says, there are those who speak rashly like the piercing of the sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You ever been in a situation that's just about to explode? The tongue of the wise brings healing. You have a choice in those kind of situations. You know, every, every divorce has started with an argument. And, and I can tell you from 49 years of marriage that the biggest fights we've ever had have honestly started over absolutely nothing. Some little something that suddenly got blown out of proportion. Oh, you mean you and Pastor have had fights? Oh, we've had some dandies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stubborn, he's stubborn. I'm hard-headed, he's hard-headed. I'm always right, he's always right. You know, that's the kind of, you know, we're, we're oil and water sometimes. You know, there's a little plaque that I've told you about before that said, this marriage was made in heaven. And it goes on, it says, but so was thunder and lightning. So there's been thunder and lightning at my house many times. But, you know, one of the, one of the, biggest, one of the biggest things I can remember started over whether I salted a hamburger or not. <laughs> something stupid, absolutely stupid. And he says something and I said something. And he said something and I said something. Until it is a huge mess. Now, I guess anybody else has ever experienced that, have they? Mm-mm, no, 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 no. Thing about it is, is you learn how big the choice is and the consequences come of the choice of your words. We can avoid you having those same kind of experiences. So let me, by experience, teach you don't do that. You just let it go. We go back up to the, what was that one earlier? Uh... About healing. Where was that? Where was that? Uh, yeah. Proverbs 12, 18. The tongue of the wise brings healing. So, are you going to be the wise or not? <laughs> Proverbs 15 says the tongue of the wise uses knowledge. 15, 4 says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. 15.23 says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Proverbs 16.23 says, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Proverbs 18.7 says, a fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to himself. Oh, but here it is. Matthew 12.25, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. In John 6, 60, 63, Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. We need to get into a place where we choose to speak good things out of the good treasure of our heart. Because, listen, 
choices we make every day, just by our words, can cause huge ripple effects. You may not see it today, just like the Roundup. You may not see the effects of that today, but not dealt with, there will be consequences down the road. So when you, when you look at, at life as you go through your day and, you, and you're faced with choices, make the right choice. Make the right choice. Look at it as not just it's a good thing or it's a good idea, but look at it as I'm choosing life. I'm choosing life instead of death. By my actions, where I'm going, who I'm with, what I'm talking about, what I do, choose right, choose life. God is saying, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. So in, in, in all that, you know, when, you, when we do that, we will be well-pleasing to the Lord. Don't ever assume something is insignificant, that it doesn't matter, that it's just no big deal. It's always a big deal. You find yourself in a place where you could compromise, don't. Don't. It could cost me my friends. You don't need those kind of friends. Well, it could cost me this. You don't need it. That's, that's a too high. That price is, is, not, is not as big as the price you'll pay if you compromise. Don't. Choose life. Choose life. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.